Welcome to Untangling Christianity, episode 50. On this show, John and Greg attempt to diffuse destructive ideologies, unsnarl confused ideas, consider love and truth in Christianity. We hope you'll come along for the conversation, and you can be part of that conversation by leaving comments at the website, untanglingchristianity.com slash 50. You'll also find related notes and links for this episode at the same place. I'm John Polstra. And I'm Greg Monteith. And we have reached the big 5-0. Who would have Woo-hoo. guessed? <laughs> so, I thought, well, 50th episode... Our goal has always been 52 episodes in 52 weeks in a year. I think we're going to be we're going to exceed our goal there, but we have not reached the year mark. I believe the year mark will be September 23rd. So, we're mm. all indications are we are systems go for for reaching that goal. And then probably going beyond. Well, definitely going beyond. I have no intentions of stopping. I thought a good way to kick this off would be an iTunes review we received some time ago that I have completely dropped the ball on uh, bringing our attention to. It came from Seattle underscore 14. And here's what they have to say. Relevant and engaging podcast. John and Greg dig deep into current issues within the Christian experience that aren't always easy to understand. If you have ever wrestled with your faith or have questions about the Christian experience that aren't easy to answer, this podcast is for you. They are also very open to seekers who haven't made up their minds about God yet. The hosts seek to be practical, open, and accessible to anyone who wants to learn more about God. And I just came across this yesterday, and I thought, oh my goodness, that's the perfect summary, I think, of what we're trying to do. And I'm glad that this reviewer is picking that up. I think that's great, yeah. That's it's really positive. So thanks for the iTunes review, whoever Seattle underscore 14 is out there. Subscribing to iTunes, leaving iTunes reviews definitely helps uh, raise the visibility of our podcast in iTunes, helps other people find it, et cetera, et cetera. So I thought in this 50th episode, maybe we would talk. We'd, I think the last retrospective we did was January 1st of this year. So it's been over six months. Mm-hmm. And, or seven or so. And um, so, I don't know, what are, what are your thoughts, Greg, on where we've been, where we're going, highlights, lowlights, random thoughts oh, off man. the top of your head? You know, I think a highlight is that I don't have any lowlights, John. I seriously don't. Uh, you know, we haven't gotten any negative up- review is that, or negative reviews. Would that be a, a lowlight if we did? No, I would like it actually. I mean, <laughs> I'm not soliciting them, but you know, if people disagree and they're willing to tell us why they disagree, that for me is great. It's it's okay. So you see the world this way, you see this situation in this way, you're reading this text in that way, and then it it's it's, it's the beginning of a, of a dialogue, really. You know, and you and I have a dialogue back and forth, which is what keeps this rich and fresh and good for me. And regardless of how many people are kind of call, you know, writing in or or submitting. Um, you know, comments on the blog, on the uh, website. Um, it, it's still valuable. But, but yeah, to get something positive or negative, and sometimes the negative stuff can be even better because it's really pushing you. You know, it's pushing you to say, well, okay, yeah, that's interesting because I kind of agree with what that person's saying and yet I disagree. And 
how do we finesse that? How do we formulate that? So, so no low lights for you. No low lights. I mean, it's, this has been great. And, and like you said, I, I'm just, I'm glad we've been hitting our targets, but it's, I think we both have just the level of excitement and enthusiasm and mutual encouragement that we've offered each other has been, um, just really, really valuable for me. So, um, you know, and I, I think we're uh, like, I, I think too, you know, some of these topics we've been circling, you know, we've been circling them and circling them and have we kind of really mapped them out in a good way. I, some of them, a few of them, I think we've started to do that. And others, I think it's just an indication that, yeah, this is an area where we have to work. This is an area of focus. And I think just even identifying those is of value. I don't know that I have a low light, but I think the one part that I feel a little like, uh, is is I feel like we've opened a lot of topics. I mm. feel like we've thrown, I don't know, 10, 15, 20 topics on the table. <laughs> <laughs> and I think the recovering perfectionist in me wants to, you know, kind of have put a bow around each one or something. As I think about that, that's probably not possible. So, and I think <laughs> maybe that's, really. that's part of the podcast art form is that it's just an ongoing conversation about, well, depending on how your podcast is structured, ours is a conversational podcast. So, I suppose it's normal, but I just think of some of the big topics that are like, yeah, we're going to discuss this. And then mm-hmm. three weeks later, we've, I don't feel like we're chasing shiny object, objects so much as just, I don't know, things just kind of shift and ebb and flow. So I don't know. I would throw that out as a, a question to listeners, throw a comment on the website, you know, mm-hmm. does the, does the ebb and flow, does that seem natural? Is that fine for you? Or are you just like, come on, guys, you're just always chasing a shiny object. I mean, a shiny object. Why don't you just really deal with topic whatever? And hey, if let us know what topic whatever is. That could help uh, keep mm. us focused too. So I don't, those are just, uh, that's just something that pops into my head of like, we, yeah, we've talked about, I don't know. Let's see. What was, well, some big ones like slavery, um, what does that mean in the context of being a Christian? Mm-hmm. Uh, Abraham and Isaac. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like there's three or four others that are not immediately coming to mind. Well, there's the the whole love and truth, truth and love thing, and what exactly does that mean? What 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 exactly? You know, and I think I've I'm uh, yes, I, I mean I could say I I'm uh, I owe I owe a lot of you know kind of. Uh, I have to put out some stuff that that I owe, and and on the one hand, I see that in front of me. It's funny though when you when you really when you really value something and you really enjoy it, and you just it's so rich for you. I'm I'm just kind of eager about all the stuff that I owe. I'm not I'm not like leery or I don't feel regretful. I mean, I somewhat feel regretful because I think there's been some interaction with with a, with a few listeners. Where I uh, I'm, I've I've delayed in in kind of putting some stuff out back to specific questions, and we of course what we want to do is we want to have as much of our content on the podcast, or if not like audibly in our conversation, you and yours and mine, then at least um, you know in write, written form as notes or responses or whatever replies on the on the uh, website, but. Um, yeah, it's just funny. Like I, I, I have this sense that I owe stuff, and I, I, I totally hear you about. Yeah, we're we've got some big ticket items, 
And each one of those are open, you know, that none of them are closed off, none of them are completed. And yet I feel so eager about them all. Part of it, part of it for me sometimes is, you know, if, 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 if I sit back and if you, you were to ask me, so what topic do you want to touch on? And I'd be just kind of like, you know, just rubbing my hands together thinking, oh, gee, I don't know. There's so many good ones. It's, it's fantastic. Hmm. <laughs> Did I catch you off guard with that one? No, I don't know where to go next. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I guess I would say part of the same thing again in, in that I think just the fact that we, you know, part of, I think, the goal of what we're doing, at looking at untangling Christianity, is we are looking to focus in on those things that are most important for us to examine. You know, and I think that, so in other words, even like, let's say we began with Kyle Eidelman's Not a Fan, and we identified really quickly in that book, I mean, you, you, we, you and I both know the page numbers. There are a couple of, there's one prominent page number, page 21, you know, where Kyle Eidelman is talking about what if the most important question, and I think he's not, he's phrasing it in the book as a question, but the effect of that question is to make a statement, and the effect of what he's done on that page and the thrust that it has through the book is to say the most important question is whether God exists and where are you going to spend eternity you know and I think we've done a really good job at raising some serious doubts that the question of where I'm going to spend eternity whether I'm going to heaven or going to hell is what Christianity is about and so I think some of these bigger ticket items we haven't we haven't nailed them down and, 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 you know, like a house or whatever, it's all finished and all the, 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 the finished work is done. But we certainly foreclosed on a couple of potential building sites Ooh. and said, no, <laughs> don't build over there. Don't do it. Or declared bankruptcy. <laughs> yeah. So I think there's a huge value in that because, and I think if we were to get some more critical comments from listeners, I think it's probably going to be people defending those positions. And I'm, you know, I'd, I'd be eager to kind of have that, continue that conversation. But um, on the one hand, and on the other hand, you know, if we focus in on some of the areas where we've said, okay, this is the building site and this is the rough plan, I'm also really eager about, okay, let's, let's frame this, right? Let's move this to the next step. Well, and for myself, yeah, well, I think there's, it's what's interesting as you're talking is there's also, for me, sorting as where it's kind of a, I want to say it's kind of meta, but I'm not sure that's right. It's, it's the sense that as we're talking, I'm, I'm also trying to embrace this myself. I'm also mm-hmm. in, uh, in the entangling, I guess what, that's where I was going. In the untangling, part of it for me is untangling what Christianity is or and and you know where and still you know trying to find some type of consistent connection with god that makes sense to me Hmm. and Hmm. it's i was thinking of this the other day you're you're in switzerland at swiss labrie right now which is where we met 1999 and thinking to myself wow this is a long long road Hmm. in other words when i went to labrie i labrie was super super helpful for me in terms of abandoning a bunch of stuff that didn't work. And it was helpful in pointing me in some directions that could work. 
and that's not saying that like Labrie didn't do its job or it was only good at a certain certain part of the job. I look back and say, okay, that was just a that was like that was a significant milestone in my journey. Like Labrie mm-hmm. for me was a thousand times better than college. College for <laughs> me was just kind of a big disappointment. It was supposed to be this amazing experience and you know people talk about how you make friends in college that you have for the rest of your life and all that <laughs> i think i have one friend from college that i still stay in touch with and wow, yeah. and so college was not it for me labrie labrie and like labrie is the big i would say the big milestone as i look backwards however mm. i look back and i think it's been like 15 years if i'm doing the math 14 years if i'm doing the math right and I yeah. still am just like, this is a long, long process. Sometimes I get down on myself, like, oh, it shouldn't be taking this long. I mean, surely could have figured it out by now. Uh, so all that to come full circle and say, yeah, there's kind of, when we talk about entangling Christianity, there's there's several different aspects. It's not like just this one path. For me, it's untangling, how can I make sense of this and embrace it? Mm-hmm. Another aspect of it is, this is a big tangled mess that doesn't make any sense, which is what launched us on that journey. As I read, not a fan by Kyle Adelman, and we started mm-hmm. discussing it. So, yeah. So, where do you, if you were to look ahead, or did where there, did you have any closing thoughts? Because I'm going to kind of change the subject and pose a new question. I've got I've got loads of thoughts, but you you go ahead. Well, my question maybe tied into this. So, if we're to look yeah. forward. 50 more episodes. We're, we're at episode 100. Where, what do things, mm. look, what have the last 50 episodes look like? What, what's your, what's your uh, perfect picture of the future? Wow. Um, I don't know if I have a, of a perfect picture of it. I, I have, I would say there are two or three things that I would love to keep doing. And I probably will, it, I mean, it's just in me to keep doing. One of them is to do that same, you know, as I talked about before, what is Christianity about? What is it not about? Um, So to use the house metaphor, where is it a good idea to build a house and where is it not? I want to keep doing that. I want to keep looking at, you know, prospective building sites and saying, you know, hmm, maybe, or no way, or yeah, I like this, right? And I think we've been doing that as we've been looking at Idleman, looking at Darren Hufford. We've talked a little bit about Francis Chan. We've talked, um, yeah, I don't know, if, we've talked a little bit about Jerry Bridges in one of them, uh, that, that, that kind of 1988 classic of his. I use the word classic in the sense that it's, it's accepted as a classic. It's not a classic in my eyes, uh, trusting God. Um. So, no, an example, where to build. Well, exa- no, I think a good example that just struck me was the uh, forty-seven episodes, forty-seven and forty-eight, mm-hmm. where I think you were pretty. One of the outcomes of that conversation was so the if you didn't listen to those episodes, it was uh, someone had sent us a sermon that they had attended at Kyle Eidelman's church, and the sermon was about humility and how mm-hmm. humility was. Uh, by humbling ourselves, then God will exalt us. And right. one of the observations you made was, yeah, I don't think this is the, this doesn't get you. Starting at the place of being humble 
doesn't get you to where you really ultimately want to go. Yeah, depending on what the situation is, yeah. And he tended to use it as a sort of carte blanche. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and I, and I guess so, yeah, it's it's to use that building a house metaphor, where would you build? And then what are you going to build? What's in, what's What are the components, the component parts? And is there a process or a, you know, step-by-step that you'd want to follow? And I guess I would look to continue those those two things, right? Where do you want to build? How are you going to do it? And then on top of that, there's probably, you know, what's it going to look like or there are more questions that we could we could kind of put in to f- continue with that house building analogy. But I guess the second step for me would be how are you going to build it would probably be for me over the next 50 episodes to really begin fleshing out this these ideas, these tandem and, and uh, intertwined ideas of love and truth, truth and love. I'd like to get those clearer and um, yeah, yeah, just put some put some put some pieces together about what those are, and then of course, you know, uh, there's there's the reasons why I think those are essential. So, what are they? What do they look like? And why are they essential? In I almost way. <laughs> I almost wonder Shoot. if there needs to be a step zero. Yeah, well, maybe. No, huh? Well, no. What was what struck me? What you were saying there was what I hear you saying is that that it's a lot of questions of what do I want to do and where do I want to do it and how do I Mm want to do it? And Mm -hmm. the, the initial red flag that would go up for me there and (laughs) potentially other Christians would be, wait a minute, we don't get to decide. (laughs) This isn't up to us. We're humans. God is God. And you know, it's the, the goal they would contend is, is, you have to figure out where God wants you to build the house and what God wants to do and how God says to do it. Mm-hmm. And then once you execute on that, well, and then, I mean, are you even really executing? I mean, you kind of have to leave it all up to God and trust him. <laughs> so once you do that, once you head in that direction and have that perspective, then things come together. Yeah. Yeah. It reminds me of a recent analogy I mentioned with that someone passing by. As the person's gardening, what a beautiful garden you have. <laughs> you know what I said? Yeah, you should. What a beautiful garden God's given you, rather. Yeah, well, you should have seen it before I got here. <laughs> you know, so I guess I'm, yes, I mean, obviously, on the one hand, it, 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 it has begun with God and God has begun it. So, you know, there's a very, there's some very active, deliberate, specific things that God has done. But I think what has happened to a great extent in evangelical Christianity is we've extracted ourselves from the process. In a certain way, we've extracted ourselves. In another way, in extracting ourselves, we sometimes make it all about ourselves. So I'll I would say, say more about that. Well, so, you know, oh, um, I don't know, any number of situations. You're in church and, and what are you there for? Well, I'm there to experience God. Well, maybe maybe i don't really think so uh i go to church to express back to god in the context of those who are likewise expressing how thankful i am for the relationship that i have with god what it means to me 
And I do that from worth, where from wherever I am at within that relationship. So on the one hand, yeah, it is about me. It's about me as one part of this relationship. If it's not about me, it can't be a relationship, not a relationship of semi-equals. And in a love relationship, you are dealing with equals. No, that's the kind of dichotomy, right? God is also sovereign. In a sovereign-servant relationship, you're not dealing with equals. Fair enough. But in a love relationship, parent-child, no, you're not dealing dealing with equals in terms of certain types of authority, decision-making, etc. But in terms of the, the degree of importance, you know, your child's just as important to you as you are to your child. In terms of that emotional, that atta- that that attachment for belonging and for self-understanding in terms of the relationship with the other, there's a reciprocity there. But I think also in churches, there's a ch- there's a sense of, you know, it's not about me, it's about God, entirely about God. But then it's it's all about me in this kind of, I don't know, even make it up as you go along sort of way, when you're trying to substantiate the relationship, even to yourself. Why do I believe this? Why am I involved in this? And oftentimes we don't ask ourselves these questions overtly. But the answers we end up giving ourselves are things like, oh, you know, yeah, I had to, it was a great church service. I really felt God there. Or, you know, I prayed for something and something happened and that was God. And again, um, I think there's a whole process that we as Christians need to undertake so that, you know, sometimes when I pray, I think something's happened. I think God's making things happen. God's involved. God's participating. But I don't have uh, this sort of... uh, um, unshakable certainty about that. And I wouldn't want to express it that way because I think that's putting me in God's shoes and I don't fit in God's shoes. Only God does. And, um, you know, or, 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 you know, what does it mean? What does this verse mean? What do these, what do these passages mean? And I think it's a great thing to read our Bibles. And as Protestants, that's something, I mean, I'm Protestant. That's something that I do. But I think it's a dangerous thing as well, you know? And so to read the Bible and think I understand it, to believe, okay, you know, I've got this full picture and, you know, I've got a, I know what God's uh, looking for from me. I know what, I read the Bible the other day and God was speaking to me and, you know, I read something, uh, I I don't know, I read something in the Gospels about, about, um, you know, Jesus, or stumbling blocks for people. I mean, you and I have talked about this before, about how uh, Jesus is a stumbling block. And I went out and I talked to somebody about Jesus and he just totally, totally turned his back. And yeah, I just read that verse again and I understood that that's because that Jesus is a stumbling block. Well, it might be. You're a total pain in the butt to that person. You're, you're a bit of a jackass. You know, and if you were selling them something, if you were coming to their door to sell them vacuums door to door, they would have slammed it in your face. So what on earth makes you think that it has anything to do with Jesus rather than everything to do with you that somebody turned around and walked away? So that's a kind of make it up as you go along way of, you know, and it's, it's not, we pretend it's, it's all about God, but really it's all about me and my ability to read the text and understand exactly what it says, know exactly what it means without any help from anybody else. And no, I don't interpret. I just read what's there. Well, you know, that's, I think that's delusional thinking. Well, going back a little bit to what you're saying about love, I think the other thing that I often hear there is that, well, God's love is in a special category. It's a different kind mm. of love. 
And what I hear you saying is no love is love across the board. Well, I would say both. I would say that God's love is related to human love. It's also different from, it's distinct from, so related and and different, or related and distinct. But, you know, it's got to be at least related enough that the understanding I have for being in relationship with God, I can use the same word and it means roughly the same thing as it would mean with my kids, with my spouse, with my parents, assuming that those relationships are, 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 are healthy, functional relationships, right? And of course, we get into big problems, particularly for people that come from dysfunctional families. So I came from a very dysfunctional family. And the word love in my family meant many things that I would never, ever, ever, ever want to do to my kids. No, thank you. And if God means the same thing by love that sometimes my dad meant by love, I'm not interested, thanks. And of course, clarifying that, understanding that is a huge, huge uh, endeavor. You know, when you talked about it's been 15 years since Labrie, and I would say, yeah, you know, some of this was, this is a lifetime worth of stuff. Yeah, I'm not making comments about um, you and your family and anything there, but I know for myself that was a big part of what it was for me to kind of have to, um, yeah, part of the way that I saw God initially and, and what it took to get around that was some pretty intense stuff. So, so well, yeah, I, I guess, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I heard something encouraging just yesterday. I was listening to the God journey and it was, I don't remember what episode it was. It was mm. um, it was Wayne talking to a guy named John, I think. <laughs> yeah. but, but what well, I was really encouraged by one of the comments one of them made, which was, "There's no rush here." Mm-hmm. There's, there's, which which I was struck by some of the other stuff we've read, which is there's this whole sense of urgency that you've got to decide today that mm-hmm. you will follow. God, because, you know, what if something horrible happens and everything's all over? And it was yeah. it was just the idea that there's, well, one, you can't speed the process up necessarily. I think that's a, that's an illusion that some people live under that, you know, well, if you would, quote, just do these certain things, I've railed on this a number of times, <laughs> things will mm-hmm. just, you know, all come into focus. And so I've, I don't know, I found that encouraging, just this idea that, like you're saying, it it is a lifetime thing. And I think the frustration for me, though, is I feel like for so many people I know that are Christians that I respect and, and, um, believe where they you know believe that they really kind of have it i just think well mm-hmm. why is it taking so long for me and how much longer mm-hmm. is it going to take <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah you know that's a really that, that is a tough one i think you can i mean i i know someone very very well who who you know was seeking over a number of years and just stopped and i think that's that's their choice you know um but I think you have to recognize that you stopped. So in other words, we can thwart the process. We can derail the process. We can just simply stop the process. 
And if that's what we're looking for, then okay. Uh, you know, I'd want to ask that person if I had the chance for a frank discussion, how's it working out for you now versus then? Are you glad you stopped? What, what would be involved? I mean, what's, what's, and, and it's not just stopping seeking, but uh, you're obviously moving in a different direction. You're not just standing still, right? You might be in, in theory in neutral relative to going to church or reading your Bible or, I don't know, considering questions about God, but you're not in neutral uh, around everything to do with your life. You're still getting up and eating and sleeping and uh, working and, uh, you know, involved with other people. And um, so I guess there'd be questions there. Like, how's that going? What's, what's taking your attention? What's I think got that's, you? Well, that's a great observation because I knew, when I initially hear that, that, quite, that idea that you're either moving forward, but I get triggered. Because <laughs> hmm. it's like, you're either moving closer to God or you're moving backwards. You can't just, it's just one or the other. <laughs> so that triggers me a little bit. But when I, when I set that aside, I think you raise an interesting point there. Yes, that that yes, our lives they are going somewhere, and mm. they may not be moving very fast, but there is some type of to use your boat analogy from a week or two ago. <laughs> it doesn't fit at all here, but th- no, that you are headed somewhere. Like it's yeah. pointed in some direction, and it, it's not that it just. You just stop moving. And I think that's good. Yeah. Well, you know, and the, and the complexifying part of it is that by being involved in, for certain people, depending upon what's going on in them, what their situation is, by being involved in Christian, uh, I don't know, communities or groups or activities, that may be, in fact, hindering their relationship with God. And for other people, not being involved in those things, being involved in things that are uh, officially, you know, quote unquote secular or quote unquote this or that, I don't know, that may in fact be helping them a great deal. Now, I I wouldn't say that it could go like that um, ad infinitum, right? You cannot- (laughs) There's some boundaries on that, yes. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's, it's, there's some time, time, some temporal boundaries. Um, You know, you can't just continue being at a distance from Christianity and Christian activities and say, you know, this is exactly what I need to further my Christian faith. I'd be kind of skeptical about that. And, um, you know, um, so, but, but yeah, I mean, I think it's, I think the other thing that we've, you and I, I think I'm really glad about in the next 50 episodes I'd want to see this is just another sort of, uh, you know, hook to kind of hang a, hang something on here is that I think we've raised the possibility that things are more complex than they appear and that by taking the traditional or normal or quote-unquote scriptural route, I, I think that it can be perfectly scriptural to be engaging with Christians. When you're engaging with people who, um, they may be Christians, they may not be, but the way that they are interacting and what they are soliciting and eliciting from you is drawing you to a place of whether it's better questions about you know what's going on, better sense of vision for where you're going, better understanding about who God might be. All of these things, I, I would think, are extremely beneficial and um, I think that ultimately can be uh, 
put to very favorable use and very positive use for furthering a relationship with God, even if ironically, you know, maybe the word God or Christianity or Jesus, maybe those words never come up in these particular settings. Um, and again, that wouldn't be a constant ongoing for, for from here to, you know, how, however long you happen to live situation. I think that there would need to be more overt Christian inputs. But, you know, I think we can be a little less, uh, yeah, like you said, uh, there's no rush on that. And, um, I mean, I fall into that too, though. You know, I, 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 I've, I've pushed pretty hard and I think I've made some mistakes by pushing hard, by being impatient. And, uh, I think the one thing people need if they're not to feel rushed is somebody at least alongside of them who's savvy enough to say to them, it's okay. I don't think you need to rush because <laughs> when you're all alone, oh man, there is nothing worse I can that I can imagine than being all alone and having nobody to support you, feeling like you are, especially if you're feeling um, set upon, whether it's by your family or by your friends or whatever, you know, in terms of your beliefs or your um, your unwillingness to kind of, uh, uh, I don't know, participate in certain activities or uh, whatever it might be, that's a really tough position. And, and especially if you're in a church and everybody's telling you, listen, the only way you're going to get better is just you, you, you need to, to give up, let go of all the things that right now you're thinking you need as helpful supports to keep you afloat. Like that, that, that there's a certain insanity to that. And, you know, I think the whole idea of, you know, giving up everything so you're totally reliant on God, you're never doing that. Because, I mean, if you're embracing that very idea, you haven't given up your intellect. You're there to judge it. But if you're judging it, you're judging it according to, to some experiences, some understandings you have of God that tell you that God is trustworthy. <laughs> because you don't go wandering downtown in a big city and somebody says to you, give me everything you have in your pockets. And you decide that's a good idea. That's what Jesus that's, did to the disciples. He just found them, you know, <laughs> near their fishing boat, said, follow me, and they just did it. I'm being very sarcastic. Uh, yeah. Well, didn't we? We had a discussion about one of those, didn't we? Yeah. Was, oh, man. I, I'm, I've got my I'm, – I'm, I've, I've picked up my Bible. I'm turning it back. I'm like, do I start flipping through it? Do we go down this I'm road? I'm poking do the bear. <laughs> <laughs> but no – well, I think it ties in – so – it ties in a little bit when I think of the next 50 episodes. It, I have kind of this, and this could be an unrealistic expectation, so you, you feel free to push against it. But I have this sense or this kind of vision or dream of of somehow systematizing without getting too carried away. But mm. But some way of, I almost want to say a book, like an ebook or something, you know, something that's not a 500 page deal, but like, you know, a hundred page thing that just kind of lays out mm -hmm. some type of, so from the beginning, we have been really, really clear that our goal is not to be against a bunch of stuff, which mm -hmm. is how we kind of started. We started by saying, we're reading this book, not a fan, and we don't think it works, which in right. my mind kind of put us in a sense of being 
against something. And we were constantly, we're still doing it, pushing against certain things to say this doesn't make sense. What Mm -hmm. I would love to get to by episode 100 or beyond is some sense of, okay, we've talked about all the things that we don't think work, and those are still available. But now, I, again, I don't know if it's an ebook, if it's a series of blog posts, if it's something, something, I don't know that we could do it in audio because the audio just kind of evolves and evolves, but something written that just kind of says, here, here's a, not that we have a new view on things, but, but here's a, here's how you or me, or here's how we're putting the pieces together and mm-hmm. here's where we think here's here's what we think is a better way to put all these pieces together and an approach to take mm-hmm. without I, I feel like the risk though in that though is that then you just you you've created a whole new system so my goal would not be to create a system so much as to clearly explain kind of a start and a, and a trajectory that sounds entirely reasonable. I mean, it sounds great. So and in other words, to be, and this is something that just, I'm just wired to do, you know, be able to kind of clearly articulate here's here, here are all the building blocks and here's mm-hmm. how I see putting them or here's how we see putting them together. Mm-hmm. And this is either, I, I like the word trajectory because I don't feel like there's necessarily a quote final destination or that you finally arrive at, but it's mm-hmm. it's pointing you in a direction that works. It's livable. It's true. It it's internally consistent with itself. It's coherent. Right. Right. And there may be you know specific points along that trajectory that are really meaningful and significant. There may even be a threshold or a couple of thresholds. You know. Um, the crossing over, you're in a different zone almost than you were before. You're in a different way of being in that trajectory or what have you. Yeah, I think that's a great idea because, you know, and, and part of the metaphor I've used about is about, you know, we're trying to put something on the table, but the table is full. The table is full of these different ideas of how we understand Christianity, what's involved, what's the process, etc. And part of what we've been needing to do, I think, is to clear some space on the table. Right, well, and part it, of that is pushing back against those ideas, like page twenty-one, um, Kyle Eidelman and, and Page. I'm not sure what it was in uh, um, uh, Darren Hufford about uh, you know the way you understand God's love is by loving people. No, I think you understand God's love by being loved by God and being in love with God, and then loving yourself rightly, loving your neighbor likewise. Right. So it's pushing back against some of those ideas that I think is necessary, so that when we come out there, because people are going to go right off, they're going to go right off to um, well, Christianity is about going to heaven or going to hell, right? So I think uh, I'm with you. I'd, ultimately, I don't, I don't think we are being those who are, you know, um, being naysayers or being negative or critical about specific things. We're actually being quite positive and affirming about something. But I think the ability for people to hear us, given how saturated um, the Christian perspective in North America is the evangelical perspective. North America is with some of these ideas. I think that that it's like people have just got a huge wax build up in their ears, and they're not going to hear this. <laughs> well, no, yeah, as you're saying, that, I'm thinking. Yes, I think there are. I don't know how many there are, but I think there are a number of tenants of North American 
Christianity that are, or at least the ones that I'm familiar with, there's a lot of things that are just taken for granted and just assumed as givens. Mm. Yeah. That sometimes I think are at almost a subconscious level. They're, they're, yeah, they're just taken as givens and that's the starting point. And I think in, I think you're particularly good at blowing some of those up. I, I think I, I might. I think my strength is is kind of smelling something funny, but then yeah, not exactly knowing like what. what the, something doesn't quite work here. Something doesn't smell right. That's what happened with not a fan. I got not a fan. I was just like, something doesn't mm-hmm. smell right here, and I've smelled this odor somewhere before. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, no, and I guess I I'm looking forward to. Um, over the next 60, 50 episodes, I mean, I, I feel like the, our, our kind of flow, we've, we've really kind of synced with each other and uh, it, it feels really good on my end. It just, it, it seems like a, 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 you know, a really kind of fairly balanced and fairly, uh, you know, um, mutually, we're, we're both taking a hand, I think, and, and both having, applying our strengths and, and, to uh, you know, being really constructive with this, mm-hmm. I would just see that continuing. So, so what would it look like for you if we had not just what would it look like, maybe even what would what would be the impact on you if we had some of the stuff? If there was a more systematic, uh, a more systematic approach. If we had it systematized some sense, some way, or we had it laid out in a kind of a not step by step, but just. Uh, a clearer way of interrelating these ideas. What would what would that do for you? Uh, now I'm going to cut back on myself. Um, <laughs> well, I think <laughs> no, I think this is sometimes an a weakness that I fall into, which is the the idea that if it's all laid out clearly enough and connected enough, mm-hmm. then I can believe. Ah. Yeah, so I'm going to cut back a little bit and say, and just as I'm reflecting on what I said earlier, in some ways, I really love to do that stuff, and I'm wired that way. And I, the more time that goes on, the more I'm enjoying writing and, and those kinds of things. And what I love about writing mm-hmm. is is crafting sentences and words that just make sense. Because nothing drives me crazier than mm-hmm. reading the same sentence like four or five times. It's like, wait, these are all simple words, but I cannot make any sense of what this person is trying to say. And then, uh, you know, unscrambling it so that like the stuff that I like to read the most that I find the most pleasurable to read is stuff where you're not even thinking. You're just taking in the information and thinking about it. Mm-hmm. So okay. that I would put in the positive column. In the negative mm-hmm. column, I would put more. I think sometimes that can be a a substitute for emotional knowing. And that's the part that uh, I feel is is missing for me with God. It's like, yeah, I've got years and years and years and years of head knowledge, but it's that heart knowledge part that's missing. And I believe there's a way that there's got to be some way to connect the two, just the same way that you would do in, in ordinary life. So I look backwards on my life, and I think that I've at times overemphasized the intellectual part of it, hoping that it would kind of overcompensate. In other words, yeah, I've overcompensated with the intellectual, logical thought process to try to reach this other place that I don't think can go there. Mm-hmm. And I'm just kind of realizing and processing, processing all this as I'm talking. 
Yeah, that's really interesting. Well, you know, the, the, the other part that I was going to mention in addition to kind of what's Christianity about? So where do we build this house? Where do we not build it? And how? So what are, we, what are the materials? And, and me focusing on that, that initial kind of basic uh, formulation that I often offer, of love and truth, truth and love. But there's the piece that, like when you said starting at zero, maybe we need to look at step zero. My first step was, why am I bothering? Why are we doing this in the first place? Where does this come from? Why does love and truth matter? Well, why does God matter? And so there's this whole, really, I guess it's, it's a set of offerings Right is a set of of stories and accounts and situations that deal with experiencing God. I don't know if there are too many people that would say you don't need to have any experience of God. Uh, I would not really understand that perspective. I would not really understand how that could be um, viable. I certainly wouldn't be viable for me. It certainly wasn't viable for me. Well, and I would say that's where some of our conversations and your deep work and the whole topic of experience have been so helpful in in also even as you're talking i'm thinking you know it's it's uh, we probably need to wrap up here pretty quick mm. but just the idea of interpreting our experiences that's what ah. really jumped out at me as you're talking because that's something i i want to do some more work on myself just personally of how have mm-hmm. i interpreted these experiences because if you really push me, I can point to two specific experiences. Hmm. They weren't just in my head. Like these were situations where I look back and I say, if one little thing had been different, I would have died. Hmm. So I looked at those two events. One was in starting high school. One was just a few years ago where Hmm. I shouldn't be alive anymore. Hmm. And I look at those experiences and I can't, explain it but to say that i believe i really do believe there was some level of divine intervention that said nope i'm keeping you around on this earth for a little longer (laughs) (laughs) and that doesn't mean that like i have you know god has kept me alive for some amazing purpose and everyone should be amazed by that no it's just like i don't know what that purpose is I, i wish i knew so i think there's something really important there that's been helpful in our conversations and we'll probably explore more and more. And and it it is the idea that we do interpret our experiences. The thing that's occurring to me is, isn't it interesting the interpretations that we bring to each of those experiences and how often maybe sometimes those, those interpretations are not correct. Yeah. Now granted my interpretation that these two experiences were God's divine intervention. I mean, I suppose that interpretation could be wrong too, for whatever reason, I don't think so. But I guess as I'm reflecting to you, I'm thinking, wow, there are probably other experiences in my life that are God-related that I have interpreted as not God-related. Right. Would you agree with that? With that, those assertions? Yeah. As we tried I mean, it in this episode, what by me opening a huge can of worms. <laughs> well, you know what? Maybe, maybe you've ended this episode with the introduction to kind of what we want to focus on next and that whole thing about how to interpret experience. Because maybe that's it really is um, the whole thing about love and truth, you know, where we're talking about love as experiencing love. Well, that's still something you're interpreting. It's still an experience. And so maybe that's where we want to go next. I don't know. I like it. Good close. Thank you. 
thanks for listening to the Untangling Christianity podcast. We'd love to hear your thoughts on this episode. So leave a comment on the website at untanglingchristianity.com slash 50. If you'd like to be notified by email when new episodes are released or other news, subscribe to our mailing list, also available in the right sidebar of the website. We welcome your questions, comments, or suggested future discussion topics by email. Send those to feedback at untanglingchristianity.com. Music on this podcast is made possible by Kevin McLeod over at incompetech.com and is licensed under a Creative Commons license. Tune in next week for a new episode.